Welcome to podcast number 51 on February 16th of 2022. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. I am the author of four investment books. Today, we will first answer five questions I have received in the last week, and then I will continue with chapter one of my latest book, American High Dividend Handbook. Question one. Do you keep a manual record of your stock portfolio activity? I have kept a hardbound journal for almost 20 years. I'm now on my second book. In it, which I keep notes about investing, plus a daily record of the amount of cash and the total value of all stocks in my portfolio. I have found it useful in tracking such things as the descent and recovery from the 2008 and 2020 market crashes. It is a constant reminder to me that the value of your portfolio goes up and down constantly. It can show you such things as how long it took to lose 50% of the value of a portfolio in a market crash temporarily and how long it took for that same portfolio to reach a subsequent new record high. I highlight those days where the portfolio reaches a new record amount. Reaching these new records constantly confirms that investing in financially strong companies paying high dividends is a winning investment solution. Seeing the dividend income coming in steadily during good markets and bad also confirms that I made the right decision in choosing to invest 100% of my savings in financially strong companies paying high dividends. Question 2. What is the difference between your four investment books? My first investment book, Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing, was written in 2019 after I'd helped an 80-year-old widow to recover the $300,000 she had lost in poor investment choices by her investment advisor. She was Canadian, so throughout that book, I use Canadian stocks and examples in explaining how to invest. Much to my surprise, most of those who bought this book were in the USA. They asked why had I not used U.S. stocks and examples. Good question, which I set out to address. So, in 2020, I wrote my second book, Safer better dividend investing, in which I included charts of the high dividend stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. I also included updated charts for the Canadian stocks using data from the Toronto Stock Exchange. This book was well received by U.S. readers. I also included in it over 100 Questions I had answered over the previous year about investing. Although I supplied the IDM stock scoring software 
with these two books, it still required a little more effort to build a portfolio than I knew many people would be willing to put out. Thus, to make it even easier and quicker to build a strong dividend portfolio, in 2021, I brought out two enhanced books, Canadian High Dividend Handbook and the American High Dividend Handbook. These two books contained updated charts, but they also included a page for each high dividend stock with the 11 risk data items detailed and scored for each stock so that an investor could see exactly how the IDM score was calculated and be able to compare this now historical data with a more current score if they could be bothered to rescore it. If there had been little change in 11 data items, there would not be much point in rescoring the stock. In addition, I added a historical snapshot to each stock's page so they could see what the price of the stock was in 2001, 2011, 2016, and 2021 as well as what the dividend payouts were. This allowed them to easily identify stocks with a pattern of both ever-rising share prices and dividend payouts. My research had shown that companies with a rising trend over many years continued this pattern into the future. It was part of the company's DNA. While building commercial risk scoring system in 1991, I had proven that companies, like people, do develop established characters, which persisted and were perpetuated by the company's management. To me, investing in stocks is just another form of commercial risk analysis. If I could only afford one of the books to help me build a strong dividend portfolio, it would be the American High Dividend Handbook. While it adequately covers the important explanations, it does not go into the detailed examples of problems and explanations you will encounter in the other two books. The book at 486 pages, was already getting to be a bit on the large size. I think you can get useful insights into investing from all three books. Question 3. What is the best method for trading in the stock market? There are many ways to invest successfully. However, after an investment advisor lost $300,000 of my money, I took back what was left and learned how to become a successful, self-directed investor. I've had nothing to do with professional investment advisors since then. My background was building commercial risk scoring systems. To me, investing appeared to be just another form of commercial risk. So I built a stock scoring system to help me find good stocks, and manage the portfolio. It has served me well. 
Over the last 18 years, my portfolio has grown by 500% while providing me with a reliable six-figure dividend income. It is still growing. Those dividends came in like clockwork even during the 2008 and 2020 market crashes. After helping friends after they too had lost money in the stock market, they pushed me to write a book detailing what I do. I have now written four investment books. I wondered after my 2020 book, Safe, Better, Dividend Investing, what would happen if I created a portfolio of the 20 highest scoring U.S. stocks from the chart in that book? I loaded those 20 stocks into a trial website at Simply Wall Street. A year has now gone by, and in the February 13th report from Simply Wall Street, it showed the following one-year total return results. Number one, the USA market returned 2.3%. Number two, my 20 best U.S. scored stocks realized a return of 32.8%. Within the 20 highest scores, Valero Energy, VLO, had a one-year total return of 49.5%, and British American Tobacco, BATS, had a return of 34.1%. The investment system I use is straightforward. I invest equally in the 20 best scoring stocks providing the highest dividend yield. This does not mean I choose the highest scores or the highest dividend percent. It is a matter of making a compromise between these two objectives. A stock's grand score is calculated from 11 subscores of easily obtainable stock information. I rarely make a change to my portfolio. It would only happen if the score of a stock fell below 50 out of 100 and at the same time the dividend yield fell below 5%. This rarely happens, so it means I spend very little of my time worrying about the stocks in my portfolio. The last step I make in choosing a stock is to look at their share prices and dividend payouts over the last 20 years. I want to see the share prices and dividend payouts steadily increasing. What my research has shown is 90 to 95% of those companies with ever-increasing results would continue to do so. The few who deviated from their long-established pattern would not be noticed because of the increases, share prices, and dividend payouts from all the other stocks in the portfolio. Unfortunately, I cannot predict which one or two of the 20 will deviate from their patterns of success, but this is of little concern because my focus is on the performance of the total portfolio not on the variations taking place in 20 stocks every day. Question 4. When a stock in your portfolio goes up, 
20%, do you sell it or hold on to it? I own 20 financially strong stocks paying me an annual six-figure dividend income. I've owned many of these high-dividend stocks for almost 18 years. I only make a change if their IDM score drops below 50 out of 100 and at the same time their dividend yield percent drops below 5%. A year can go by without me making a change. The regular dividends got paid even when the share prices dropped temporarily by 50% during the 2020 and 2008 market crashes. The total portfolio is now five times greater than it was when I first started investing. I have no intent of ever selling any of these shares or adding more. When additional cash is available, I invest it back into the 20 shares. Speculative buying and selling puzzles me. It seems self-defeating to sell a good stock just because it increased by only 20% and then scramble around trying to find as good a stock to replace it. In picking stocks, you can see share prices and dividend payouts going back for decades. I've proven that companies that show steady share price and high dividend payouts continue to pay high dividend payouts and have their share price increase. With a little effort, it is not hard to build a strong portfolio. As much as possible, you want to leave it alone to grow. It is important that you do this as a self-directed investor, as involving an investment advisor eats up too much of your income and can shrink your portfolio. As well, I have found few investment advisors understand the benefits of investing in financially strong companies paying high dividends. They often seem to think that everyone is intent on speculating for the realization of quick riches. Question 5. Is scoring stocks with your IDM software really as easy as I found out it to be? Should I do my own search for stocks to buy or should I select the stocks I wish to buy from the charts in the American High Dividend Handbook? Is getting rid of credit card debt as critical as you say it is in Chapter 10? I'm glad to hear that you scored your first stock. Scoring is like having cataracts removed from your eyes. Suddenly, you have insight into the something you knew was there, but you never really saw it clearly. You now have a method of sorting every stock in the world from best to worst. Now, when the press gets all gung-ho about the fortunes to be made investing in a Tesla or an Amazon, you can score them and put them into context. If you, like me, are looking for a steady, reliable income combined with ever-growing portfolio, you will be looking in the books charts for the best of the financially strong companies paying the highest dividends with a history of steady share price growth and dividend payments. Should you choose from the stocks detailed in the book, or do you own search and analysis? I put the charts and the detailed page for each stock in the book 
because most people have limited time and interest in searching for stocks. The stocks in the book are all those traded on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ that were paying a dividend of 3.5% or more in September of 2021. Could there now be others that could have qualified for inclusion of the book? Absolutely. I just finished a comparison between the 2020 charts in Safer, Better Dividend Investing and the American High Dividend Handbook. While there were many matches, there was still a significant percent that did not match between the two books. I devoted time and all my investment books to showing you how to do your own searching for qualified stocks. It really comes down to how much time do you have. I also did another experiment, which I started one year ago. I wondered what would happen if I just took the top 20 stocks by score listed in the Safer, Better Dividend Investing charts and invested them. A website, Simply Wall Street, allowed me to post and follow what happened. I would usually be more selective than just choosing the top 20 For example, I avoid oil and mining companies because it is either boom or bust with them. Personally, I think you want to keep your investing easy, but perhaps I am lazy. I think the book's charts will save you a lot of time and effort. There is enough of a variety to choose from that you should have no difficulty finding 20 ideal stocks for your portfolio. It is important that you do this selection because you will then know exactly why they were chosen, which will make you less inclined to make impulsive, risky changes to your portfolio. Regarding credit card debt, I once operated the largest commercial collection operation in Canada. It certainly ground into me how you must be just as careful about reducing expenses such as credit card debt as you are in investing for dividend income. The typical credit card is charging you around 20% in interest on the unpaid balance. Getting a consolidated bank loan at 5% or perhaps less to pay off the credit card debt could save you many thousands of dollars over a year. For your general investment education, I would recommend going to YouTube and watching several of the meetings Warren Buffett has had with university students. He is a very wise, smart investor. He was a student of Benjamin Graham, who wrote a book called The Intelligent Investor. It is a book I would recommend. Some of it is more technical than I think is necessary, but most of it provides good, solid investment knowledge and insights. Continuing from where we left off in Chapter 1 of American High Dividend Handbook. In my first investment book, Income and Wealth Through Self-Directed Investing, I described how the 80-year-old Miss Innocence chose to receive an annual income of $35,000 from her million-dollar portfolio. The bank that was providing her with full-service investing was, much to her surprise, when it was shown to her, taking $25,000 in charges from her portfolio every year, 
which was 2.5% of her portfolio, not the 1% she thought they were supposed to be taking. The safe investments her advisor put in her portfolio lost $300,000 in four years. It came as a surprise to Miss Innocence that the $35,000 annual income she was receiving was coming from the selling of pieces of her portfolio every month. It was not from the dividends or interest that she thought the portfolio was earning. The bank had assured her that her million-dollar portfolio would last her lifetime. At the rate it was losing money, it is doubtful that her children and grandchildren would have inherited enough for lunch at McDonald's. Financial institutions promote full-service investing as removing all the stresses from your life, saving you the time of managing your investments, and most importantly, acting like a speed bump to stop you from making impulsive, foolish investment decisions. They avoid discussions about their fees and how much time they will spend servicing your account. They want your blind faith in the choices that they will make with your money. They do not want you to ask too many questions or put demands on their time. Even when your self-directed trading account is established, investment advisors will try to switch you to full-service investing. The following are some of the pet phrases they want you to accept is gospel, followed by my light-hearted rebuttals. It seems that few investment advisors, if any, have studied dividend investing, and if they did, they have blocked it from their minds. The advisor. Conservative investors should expect to receive an annual return of 3.91% on their investment. My response, obtaining a 6% dividend return as a self-directed investor is not difficult. Advisor, a conservative growth return would be 4.34%. Response, in addition to a 6% dividend return, expect your self-directed portfolio to also show a significant capital gain of more than 6%. Advisor, a moderate growth return would be 4.67%. My response, in addition to a 6% dividend return, Expect a capital gain from increasing share prices, plus expect your monthly dividend payments to increase as much as 10% or more each year. Advisor, a maximum growth return would be 5.63%. In addition to a 6% dividend return, expect your portfolio to have a capital gain from increased share prices and increased dividend payments perhaps more than double the regular dividend payments. Investment advisors love to throw out the 4% rule. It states, in order not to outlive your money, you should only cash in 4% of your portfolio's value each year. If you retired at 60 
and took out 4% a year for 30 years, that would represent 120% of your savings. You would have depleted your portfolio long before you reached 90 unless the income from the portfolio was sufficiently high to cover not only the 4% you were withdrawing every year, but also 2% to 3.5% for inflation and probably another 2% for the investment advisor fees. This adds up to you losing more percent than 8% of the value of your portfolio each year. If investment advisors thought you were doing well getting a 5.63% from your portfolio, make sure you die long before you reach 90. Is there any wonder retirees who use investment advisors fear outliving their savings? Some economists calculate that the average life expectancy for someone who retires at 65 is only 9.7 years. Who, at 65, wants to bet their savings on being dead at 75? By investing in financially strong dividend stocks, there is no reason that your portfolio should ever decline. Not wanting to deplete your portfolio is something investment advisors do not seem to want to hear. Your purpose in life is not to provide an investment advisor with a steady income for decades as they nibble away on your portfolio. That is the end of Chapter 1, and we'll start Chapter 2 next week. Thank you, folks. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.